Have you got specific music tastes? And do you want a DJ that can tailor make a party set for your event? Mint Disco have partnered up with Castle Hill Cricket Chat. And what Mint Disco do best is a proper party. We love to build a set around specific themes, from classic disco such as an ABBA theme night for example, or glittery glam, to a vintage 80s night with all the huge hits of the decade by Frankie, Human League and Prince, or do you want to twist your melon man to a classic Indian anthems evening where we spin Manchester classics from the Stone Roses to Oasis. We can help you promote an event at your venue by providing flyers and social media graphics which can get your clubhouse or social room bouncing. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook by searching for Mint Disco UK and look for our little green disco ball icon. Or just drop us an email on info at mintdisco.co.uk and we'll give you an event prize. Because we're teaming up with Huddersfield Cricket League podcast Castle Hill Cricket Chat where then we're going to give all Huddersfield Cricket League clubs a massive 40% discount on our booking fee on any themed event. to Castle Hill Cricket Chat or CHCC um, whichever acronym you wish to bespoke on us uh, you can you can call us whatever you want I'm Jamie host and stuff well who's with me uh, well no cobber tonight um, but we've got Jacob Mullall Welcome, Jacob. Cheers, Jamie. Cheers. Good to be on again. Yeah, we're, we're great to have you back on uh, on the show. And uh, uh, Andrew Crawshaw, of course, uh, is joining us as well. Good uh, evening, Jamie. How good evening. It's a lovely day. It's a lovely day, isn't it? Yeah. It's super. We're in your home club today. Your home, home club. club. Yeah. So it's good, extra comfortable, uncomfortable. Good Methodists. Yeah, that's it. No bar. Always been good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me just kick a drink of this water. Um, we have got a a couple of uh, australian uh, guests with us um, but this is this is going to be a separate podcast that they're going to record in um so um well just say hi guys you know what i mean just say i'm here howdy (laughs) howdy good day good day yeah yeah (laughs) one's the wrong country isn't he uh well yeah uh, howdy technically yeah, 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 yeah. Might be the first Texan uh, in the Huddersfield League. Um, I mean, the, uh, the, I mean, it's a bit of a quickie this because we're uh, seizing the opportunity while we're recording another one to bring on Mark Bins, who's the league's admin guru and, and committee colleague of mine. Uh, welcome to the show once again, Mark. Uh, we only seem to bring you on when it's official business, don't we? We need to have a yeah. more laid back one, don't we? I'm not here for my comedy value, am I? <laughs> no, well, um, you can make it as funny as you want, as you like to. You know, it's up to you. But um, I mean, the reason why we brought thought this would be a good idea is I mean we, we, to, say, to, to be serious we want to, want to clarify some of the rules that, uh, and what, what have been the rules regarding overseas players which have sort of evolved a little bit over time uh, of course it's well known that, um, uh, and there's been a league rule since before our time in the league and on the committee that any club can only have one overseas professional uh, however it's been quite common for clubs to have two or uh, some clubs it's been part of their model to have three or, uh, or even more additional uh, overseas players uh, the difference being the extra 
Russia one, so to speak, uh, usually after I have a UK passport, which uh, has been allowed. Um, so, uh, good to have you on the show, Mark. Uh, is that, does that about sums it up, uh, what, what I've just been talking about? There? Yeah, yeah, r- roughly, yeah. <laughs> roughly there, yeah. So, I mean, it's a, a, I mean, a very common question I get asked, and I'm sure others do, is, um, you know, are the rules changing um, uh, as we're coming into this new season? Um, we're obviously uh, seeking uh, to be an ECB Premier League, um, uh, and I think a lot, a lot, a lot of the people are talking about if it's only going to be one overseas next season. So I guess my my question is, what are the plans uh, uh, on 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 how how we're going to follow it as a league? So let me say a few things, um, which talk about the rules, but they also talk about the principles that sit behind um, overseas players and indeed um, any cricketer coming from overseas to play here in England. Um, First, there's a complexity, and the complexity is that there are three organisations that have a finger in the rules that set all this. The first is the Home Office, the second is the ECB, and the third is the Huddersfield Cricket League, and they all have rules that deal with overseas players and the arrangements by which they can um, come in and play. And that creates some complexity, to say the least, because not all of the rules fit together. And whilst I know something about this, people should realise that what I'm going to tell you is not absolutely definitive. And just like all government health warnings, one needs to get your own financial advice before you make any investment. That's the, f- that's the first thing. The second thing is to, to understand some of the principles behind the rules that exist, which are there for a good reason. Um, and this comes generally from the ECB. And, and they see overseas players, an overseas player, being generally a good thing. Um, but they see an overseas player being one of two kinds of people, either an amateur cricketer, normally younger and on the way up, like the two lads that are here with us today, or they, they see them as a professional cricketer. And a, a professional cricketer that comes as a professional, as a role model, as a coach, as a, as a figurehead, as a marketing tool for the organisation they play for. Um, the people that are in the middle of that group, in other words, players who are too good to be amateur or who are not good enough to be true professionals, generally can't come here. It's important to say that. Um, and amateurs come on normally on visitor or youth mobility type visas and the professional cricketers come as professional cricketers, for which um, the club requires a sponsor's licence, arrangements from the ECB, and they need to meet the criteria of being a professional cricketer that would include things like having played five first-class games in the country where they come from of of at least three days' length each and a number of other criteria that would, would qualify. So people who are on the edge of being professional cricket probably can't come. And, and people who are above amateur, same, same difference. They're, in other words, they're not good enough to be professionals or they're too good to be amateurs. And, and the more you look like you belong to the wrong category, the higher the risk is of there being some kind of problem. Yeah, so it's still kind of open-ended really in terms of you know what the criteria a little bit. No, so the criteria are clear. Yeah. So some of the areas where people qualify or don't qualify, such as having an agent, such as being paid versus having uh, receiving expenses, those are the areas where the greyness arrives. 
The reason you brought me on today because there's a possible change in the ECB authority rules around what are commonly called British passport. And, and these are players who are obviously foreign people. They come from overseas. Um, they live predominantly in that overseas place and they play cricket in that country. Uh, and they're coming here in practice as visitors. The fact that they may have a British passport or dual citizenship or whatever it is that causes them to be able to come here um, is a way of getting round the rules, um, which the ECB don't like because it's against what they want to do. They're happy for there to be one cricketer as a genuine overseas, um, but they don't see a need for other cricketers coming in that are taking the place of local players because this is all about local players playing local cricket and going up the cricket pyramid, some of which hopefully one day will play for England or Pakistan or, or some kind of international situation. And this starts again with all the juniors that come in through Dynamos and All-Stars and through the cricket pyramid. Again, why the authorities, including the Huddersfield Cricket League, are keen for there to be junior programmes that will hopefully create cricketers, a cricket pipeline of youngsters that, that are for the future. Otherwise, what you're left with is itinerant cricketers uh, supplemented by foreign people who are here for a variety of reasons but are not here long term and are not part of the cricket community of, um, of either Huddersfield or even of England. Is it, is, is it all, this, all, the, all the leagues changing or, or, or adjusting to that as well? It's not just the Huddersfield League, this, this is... Oh, no, because this is coming from the ECB yeah. and the Home Office. Yeah. So... so Whatever Huddersfield Cricket League does will be in response to what's going on above us. It's not a change in our position. Um, but let me f concentrate on this question of so-called British passport players. Um, and currently, if you have a British passport, even if you're Australian and you live in Australia and you play in the Australian cricket season in Australia, you can come here and be registered and you can be a non-overseas player. However... There's a, a rule which has increasingly got uh, prominence now, which changes that, makes it more complicated. So I actually took the trouble to, to um, check what the rule says. And it says um, that there is an, automatically, uh, an automatic qualification to register as a UK player um, of anybody that holds a full British or UK citizen's passport. That's the current rule. However... The important additions are now the following sentences. And it says a British or UK passport does not entitle a player to be recognised as a UK home player, so-called Category 1, unless, in addition, the player was born in England or Wales or has lived in England or Wales for 210 days between April the 1st of the previous year. So if you were thinking of next year, from the 1st of April 2023 up to the 31st of March 24 um, of the proposed playing season. In other words, um, meaning seven of the previous 12 months. They have to have been in England or Wales unless they were born in England or Wales for seven of the previous 12 months. Well, some of those players will be here because four or five of the months they may well be playing in the previous season. But if they go home in October that probably means they wouldn't qualify. And furthermore, just as importantly, and has not played as a home player 
in an overseas league in the 12 months period up to and including the 31st of March of the proposed playing season. In other words, if the, if the player goes back home and plays, he can't come back as a British passport player. Okay? Um, those are the rules um, that will be increasingly applied. And we also know that because we're on the way to becoming an ECB Premier League, the authorities, meaning the Home Office and the ECB, will check this. So we do receive checks currently, but they're not comprehensive exhaustive. And there's never been too many challenges to who's an overseas player and whether they're allowed to be here and whether they're an amateur or a professional. If, if you're Devin Smith, those things are checked. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, which is why he's not here. <laughs> That's okay. right, yeah. Um, but um, we know now that these things will be checked and will be required to provide lists of who is here um, and on the basis that causes them or allows them to be here, and those will then be checked by the authorities. Got you. That, that's for, well. I, I can point people to this clears podcast now, and uh, yeah, yeah clears, clears, clears a lot of it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, so what I expect is that the Huddersfield Cricket League rules will be amended mm-hmm. to reflect those additional requirements. Yeah. Ahead of the new season, next season. Um, well, it would be logical for us to do this as soon as we can so that clubs over the winter know where they are and don't chase down people that can't be here and are looking for the right kind of player that does meet the criteria. It's important to say in relation to overseas players, professional or amateur, no change. This is all to do with the British passport rules that provide the possibility to work around the rules, more importantly, the intention of those rules from the authorities. Sorry, Oh, we're going to say what, what what's general opinion on this then? Do we do we think it harms the league? Do we think it enhances the league? Yeah, go on, go on, Jim. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure Mark Mark will probably answer, and Andrew's probably got an opinion as well. But I think that's something that I, I don't think you can say for sure just 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 quite yet because um, you know we. I think one of the things you've got to bear in mind with this is that the the. the as Mark has said, the if you like the ability of what you might class as being better quality players to these clubs. So, okay, we're at Almondbury Wesleyans this evening. So let's let's use Almondbury Wesleyans as a measuring stick. So, as many people will remember, a few years ago we had a gentleman that came here from New Zealand, a guy called Freddie Walker. That's right. Yeah. Now. Freddie Walker, um, as people will remember, was a very good cricketer and went back to New Zealand and has, res- has resumed or restarted a career as a professional cricketer. Now, at this moment in time, because of Freddie Walker's, if you like, level, it would be now impossible for Almondbury Wesleyans to re-sign Freddie Walker for this year, yeah. simply because he is a full-time professional cricketer back in New Zealand. Yeah. Next year with these new rules and regulations, then we, Alanbury Wesleyan, should I say, would be able to re-sign Freddie Walker. So, subject to gaining club market accreditation yeah, yeah. And, and a licence yeah. from the ECB and Home Office and also specific agreement that Freddie Walker meets those criteria. Yeah, and I think the thing is that this club mark thing is absolutely key. You know, the thing about the, a club 
being able to meet the criteria that are set down by the ECB to actually achieve this level. If if, if clubs are not going to do this, and I know that everybody's been encouraged to do this, but if clubs are not going to go ahead and, and carry out what's necessary to achieve this level, they can forget it. Simple as that. And, and actually, in some respects, and Mark can probably clarify this, in the fact that if, if the league wants to become a, an ECB Premier League, then it would require pretty much all clubs to have achieved this ECB um, the club mark level, the, the top two divisions. The top, yeah, yeah, the top, the top two at, divisions. At least the top two, twenty-four, the t- twenty-four two twelves. Yeah, and anybody who wants to get promoted into the championship and remain in the championship. Uh, absolutely. So anybody that's thinking, well, it doesn't apply to us. I think the answer is you're wrong, because it does. You know. So anybody that's thinking this club mark thing's a little bit over and above what we necessarily need to do, then I'm sorry, you're wrong. You know, it's as simple well, as that. And, really. and also must be generally seen as a good thing to do. Yeah. This supports the process by which clubs run the, themselves in a proper, professional, well-organised way with development pathways such as those I've described earlier on, coming back to the point on junior cricketers. Yeah, and we're looking at, you know, we're looking at players. You asked Jamie for people to come back and thankfully we've had lots of people that have come back yeah, to we've us. Yeah, we've got a few. Saying, you know, their favourite Australian that mm. came over here or they thought was the best player or whatever and we've had numerous... Um, responses to that. Now, the thing is, when you look down that list and you look at those people, now, when these people went back to Australia, to a lot of them went to start or restart professional careers in, in cricket. Now, the truth of the matter is the fact that with the current legislation, those people probably wouldn't be allowed in. Those people, because they were full-time professional cricketers. Things have changed, things have gone on. If these things are all achieved and blah, 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 then people like that would be able to come. Freddie Walker would be a good example. Yeah, Freddie Walker. So he was here originally as an amateur. He aspired to become a professional cricketer. When he went back to New Zealand, having spent two years here, he then was able to push his performance on such that he did reasonably quickly then become a professional cricketer and have the professional contract that he now has. And if he was to come back to the Huddersfield Cricket League, whether it's the Wesleyans or anywhere else, he would need to do so as a professional cricketer under the licence. Mm. Um, well, we did talk about the uh, the, 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 the leagues um, want, wanting to be an ECB Premier League. How's that been going then, Mark, on, on, the, on the groundwork uh, so far? So it's going okay, but as we knew, this is actually quite a lot of work <laughs> yeah. um, for... 25 to 30 clubs that we've talked about before, meaning at least 24 and another half a dozen others that aspire to be promoted sooner or later into the championship. And I guess there will be a few that are relegated into the conference who hopefully will retain club mark because it's the right thing to do and they wish to get back back into the championship as soon as they can. Um, The cut-off time for clubs to submit all the paperwork that is required of them to become club mark accredited that closes at the end of this month. Right, okay. So, so I know end, end of June, yeah. End of June, all of the paperwork has to be submitted. It doesn't have to be in perfect shape or to have been checked, but it has to be submitted in a way where it can be reviewed and unless it's wholesale thrown out, where, where it can be modest amended. I think um, the thing is, I think one thing that we perhaps we should, we should think about going forward is that, you know, obviously Mark's done his absolute best and I think he's done a tremendous job of actually describing what the requirements are or what they may be in the future. Um, I think that if people have got questions, and, and I dare say people will have questions, lots of them, then, yeah, sure, by all means, 
get in touch with us. We'll, you know, we're probably not going to drag Mark back, although we might, um, and, and, drag, and we'll, we'll, we'll get these questions to him and, and everything. And then, and then what we'll do is we'll get and we'll try and answer these people's questions, you know, at a later date. But that later date is not going to be far away. No, it isn't. And, and but most important, if they if there are questions or concerns, they should be immediately addressed to the very good compliance officer of the Cricket League, Jackie Brooke. Yeah. And again, if people need her contact details, you can find them on the website or via the podcast or myself. And she knows her way up and down these things by now because she's been working with and supporting in the best way she can all 20-odd clubs who've been going through this process. And the, the closer you get to D-Day, of course, more frantic people become and realise all the admin's got to be done. Yeah. most of which is electronic, is not all there. And, and one thing that is worth mentioning is not only do you have to fill out a lots of details into a so-called club mark portal, you also have to fill in very important information that goes into a so-called safe hands management system. And some clubs have failed to do that. They've only filled out the club mark portal. But unless you do both and it's fully compliant, you can't go forward to be assessed and accredited. Right, yeah. Brilliant. There we go. I think that covers yeah. absolutely yeah pretty much uh, everything like, there like i say you know and, and, and as i just said i think that there will be a myriad of questions that clubs will want to put and i'm sure that there will be lots of what ifs such a scenario happens fine brilliant okay put the questions in ask them yeah you know and we will try and um well we won't do actually anything we'll just give them to mark oh, yeah, we'll just put, <laughs> can i just ask you a quick question yeah go for it Jacob. so Obviously, we're aspiring to be the CCB Premier League, so Bradford League already are, aren't they? So, are these rules already in place for the likes of the Bradford League? Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. And have been for a while. Right, get you. And, and the follow-up by the authorities has been there for a while as well. Okay. So, not only are the rules there, but the controls to make sure the rules are followed are also in as well. Get you. Get you. There we go. Thanks That's, for that. Uh, wraps up... Uh, uh, pretty much uh, the the nitty gritty, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, that was definitely gritty. Well, and it's gritty, uh, <laughs> gritty cricket chat. Anyway, thanks a lot, Mark, for coming on and uh, and and watching us toil with all the microphones. Was it, I hope it was worth it. <laughs> well, well I, I put my um, life in my hands coming on here, yeah, <laughs> talking about Your some, of the te- some of the technical things <laughs> which I'm not an absolute expert in, but yeah. I'm trying to explain in the clearest and simplest way no, that I that's possibly fantastic. can. Fantastic. It's definitely a question that a lot of people are asking, and no, hopefully, absolutely, that pretty much looks uh, good. You should you see, you what, see some, some good problems. One coming. thing that I think I would like to add, which you asked Andrew earlier on, so generally, I must say the league also would be in favour of these things because our job is to support grassroots cricket and local cricketers progressing through our system as fast and as far as they possibly can go, so that we have a pipeline, we have sustainability in our clubs our 40 clubs across the town, um, no disrespect to foreign cr- cricketers because, because they, they have a very valuable role to play in the cricket life of Huddersfield. But what you don't want is average cricketers, to put it bluntly, taking the place of local lads who aspire to do as best as they can. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of these crickets and they're not average. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're right, Mark. It's, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it, 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 you know, long term it should it should it should see good quality top top quality professionals uh, in in the league as well you Absolutely, know so, yeah. Yeah. yeah good right uh, on that note i think we'll sign off and uh, get cracking with our australian special which will be coming out the day after today
Cheers.